Man, I just read all Revelation 14 and didn't actually record it. Here we go. Back. Revelation 14, Amplified Version. The Lamb and the 144,000 on Mount Zion. Then I looked, and this is what I saw. The Lamb stood firmly established on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name inscribed on their forehead, signifying God's own possession. And I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of great waters and like the rumbling of mighty thunder. And the voice that I heard seemed like music and was like the sound of harpist playing on their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne of God and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased, ransomed, redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who have not who have not been defiled by relations with women for they are celibate these are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes these have been purchased and redeemed from among men of israel as the first fruits sanctified and set apart for special service for god and the lamb no lie was found in their mouth for they are blameless spotless untainted beyond reproach the angel with the gospel then i saw another angel flying in heaven with an eternal gospel to preach to the inhabitants of the earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God with awe and reverence and give him glory and honor and praise and worship because the hour of his judgment has come with all your heart. Worship him who created the heaven and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. Doomed for proud Babylon. Then another angel, a second one, followed him saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon, the great, she who has made all nations drink the winepress of the passion of her immorality, corrupting them with idolatry, doomed for worshippers of the beast. Then another angel, a third one, followed them, saying with a loud voice, whoever worships the beast in his image and receives the mark of the beast on his forehead or in his hand, or on his hand, he too will have to drink of the wine of the wrath of God, mixed undiluted into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone. And interestingly, yeah, Jesus had to drink. They offered him bitter gall, whatever, and he didn't drink it. Anyway, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone, flaming sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb Christ. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is encouragement for the steadfast endurance of the saints. God's people, those who habitually keep God's commandments and their faith in Jesus. Then I heard the distinct words of a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed, happy, happy, prosperous to be admired are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, blessed indeed, says the Spirit, so that they may rest and have relief from their labors, for their deeds do follow them. Reapers. Again, I looked, and this is what I saw, a cloud, a white cloud, and sitting on the cloud was one like the Son of Man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle of swift judgment in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who was sitting upon the, crowd, the cloud, putting your sickle and reap at once. For the hour to reap in judgment has arrived, because the earth's harvest is fully ripened. So he who was sitting on the cloud cast his sickle over the earth, and the earth was reaped, judged. Then another angel came out of the temple, sanctuary in, in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. And another angel came from the altar, the one who was a, has power over fire, 
And he called with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Put in your sharp sickle and reap the clusters of grapes from the vine of the earth, because her grapes are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle to the earth and harvested the grapevine of the earth and threw the grapes into the great winepress of the wrath of the wrath and indignation of God as judgment on the rebellious world. And the grapes in the winepress were trampled and crushed outside the city and blood poured from the winepress, reaching up to the horses' bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia, or 200 miles. See, I wonder if, isn't there a book called The Grapes of Wrath? I wonder if that has anything to do with any of this stuff. Let me just see real quick. What is The Grapes of Wrath about? All right, sorry, I got distracted real quick for a hot second. Grapes of Wrath. What is it about? The Grapes of Wrath is an American realist novel written by John Steinbeck and published in 1939. The book won the National Book Award. All right, blah, blah, blah. I want to know what is it about. In the novel, John Steinbeck follows the fictional journey of the Jodes, a family of sharecroppers from Salisaw, Oklahoma, forced to migrate west during the Dust Bowl. The Jodes join thousands of other migrants on the trek to the Salinas Valley of California, a place they idealize as rich with opportunity. What is the main idea of the Grapes of Wrath? The main idea is that injustice exists in various forms perpetrated by capitalist systems. Hope, however, and the ability to endure it can help people improve their situation. Why was the Grapes of Wrath banned in the U.S.? They rejected Steinbeck's portrayal of the living and working situation in California as inaccurate and slanderous. Upon the release of the novel in 1939, it was immediately banned by the council the county council, politicians, businessmen, teachers, and parents all rejected Steinbeck's negative portrayal of California farmers. Interesting. All right, one more note. What is the significance of Grapes of Wrath ending? The end of the Grapes of Wrath is among the most memorable concluding chapters in American literature. Tom continues the legacy of Jim Casey as he... Cassie, as he promises to live his life devoted to his soul rather than his own. All right, one more. I got one more little note. What is the biblical symbolism in the Grapes of Wrath? The Grapes of Wrath includes several instances of biblical imagery, including Jim Cassie as an allusion to Jesus Christ. Hmm. 
Rose of Sharon's baby as an allusion to Moses. California as a promised land like Canaan. And the Jodes truck as a more modern version of Noah's Ark. Interesting. All right, I'm going to have to read that eventually. I'm, I'm intrigued now. I've heard of that book, but I never, never actually read it. I'm going to call this The Grapes of Wrath. All right, y'all. I'll be back. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.